This morning I want to talk to you about being valuable. As I said, I've had a lot of conversations this week. But I want to ask you the question this morning. Who are valuable to you? Who would you consider to be valuable to you? A lot of us could think of a lot of people who are valuable to us. But sometimes the most valuable people to you aren't the people that you expect. Some people would say, the president is the most valuable man in America. Some people would say, your congressmen or your senators are the most valuable people to you. Some people would even say, your banker is the most valuable person to you. Or your stockbroker. But today, if you have your Bibles with you, which I truly hope you do, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. You see, some people are famous and are valuable, not because of who they are, but because of what they do. So in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, wow. Let me ask you a question before I read on. Let me ask you this question. How angry or upset would you get if somebody come walking up to you and called you unlearned and ignorant? Now, I know a lot of you in this room, a few for certain, they would probably ball up their fist and just right really pop their head off or something. And some, maybe not being physical, would open up their lips and allow things to come out of the lips that probably shouldn't even be remotely there. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, many people react negatively to the fact that there is no other name than that of Jesus to call upon for salvation. Amen. Yet this is not something that the church declines to talk about. You see, because... This came, this teaching came from Jesus himself. It wasn't something that we just thought of and said, you know what, this sounds like something we should tell people. This is something Jesus wanted us to know. It's fact. You see, 
the priests and their evaluation of Peter and John, they called them ignorant and unlearned. They would do more to change all of Jerusalem and the disciples would do all to change the world than any other. You know, we begin to look at who were these people? Who are these people that the, the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who are these men that, that, are, that, are, that are being looked down upon to be called ignorant and unlearned? Well, one was a doctor. One was an intellectual. And the rest, unlettered. Unlettered meaning uneducated. How do you think the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees must have felt about Jesus? He never was under their teaching. He was never under their leadership. He didn't go to Hebrew school or Greek school to learn all that he knew. Why? Because he was the Son of God. All knowledge had been given to him. He knew from the foundations of the world the things that were going to take place. But have you ever stopped to take a look at what the impact of these men had on the world today? If you take a map of the world and you begin to look at it, you can see how Christianity has spread across the world the message of Jesus Christ. And here we are over 2,000 years later still proclaiming the truth of God's Word. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have to have a great education to know that I need to go to the cross to get saved. I don't need a great education to understand that Jesus died for my sins. I need to understand this, that when I come to Jesus Christ and I ask him to be my Lord and Savior, I need to follow him. I need to do the things that he is requiring me to do. But Peter and John happened to be the most valuable men in that town on that day. You see, they were not unlearned and ignorant about the Savior. They had been with Jesus. They had walked with him for, for three and a half years. They had been under his teaching. They had been under his leading. You know what? The world needs people who have been with Jesus. They don't need to be with people who want to try to talk to them about science, mathematics, space, politics, psychology. They need to be with people who have been with Jesus. You see, when we come to Jesus, what is our goal? What is our desire? Our desire is to have an experience with him. To understand what it is to be in the presence of Almighty God. How many, I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting you all on the spot again this morning. How many of y'all have been in the presence of God this week? Oh. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. 
You see, it's not a one day a week thing, though. It's an everyday thing. You see, we need to be in the presence of Almighty God every single day. You know, there, there, there are so many people who don't know about the Savior. But if you've had the experience and you've been with the Savior, you know what it's like to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, then you need to be wearing that as a badge of honor so that the world can see who you are. We don't need to hide from Jesus. and We don't need to hide Jesus from the world, but we need to demonstrate Jesus to the world. And it's not always by lip service. Sometimes it's by actions and deeds. The things that we do that show the compassion of Jesus Christ to the world. But a lot of times we don't do that because we don't want people to, well, if I do this for them, then they're going to take advantage of me. If I do that for them, you know, they're not going to really understand the plan of God. But you see, church, we don't make those decisions. We only demonstrate it. We only plant the seed. God does the watering. When you bring somebody to Christ, you lead somebody to the Lord, it's not your responsibility to start pointing out all their sins and all the things they need to clean up. That's not your business. If that's what you're doing, stop. Because what you're doing is you're turning them away. You know what I see you as? One of those seeds that fall on the rocky soil. It just grows for a little bit and then just dies off. You need to be one of those seeds that is firmly planted in good soil on solid ground to grow and to be strong and to be bold. To be that plant that can, that can feed. Hundreds of thousands. But see, you can't do that if you're too busy concentrating. Well, you know, it's all about me. I've, I've, I'm, I'm sharing everybody with about Jesus Christ and I'm telling them all, but you know, they're not all listening it's because, because they don't, it's because they're just rejecting. They're rejecting, they're rejecting. How about the one common denominator in all of this is you? You see, sometimes you got to take the focus off of you. Let the focus be on the Holy Spirit, amen? Because the focus on the Holy Spirit will do more than you could ever do. You see, the mysteries of these priests thinking about these men, they were looking at their educational background of these fishermen. You see, fishermen knew little about reading. Why? Because they didn't go out and buy books to teach them how to fish. This is something they knew how to do. They knew how to mend the nets, make those small knots that wouldn't break. They knew how to cast the net without getting it all tangled up. They knew how to pull the net in to bring all the fish in. Guess what? Jesus has made you fishermen of men. He's given you a net called the Word of God. And if you cast the words of the Lord Jesus Christ out properly, when you start pulling it in, you are going to pull in masses. 
Well, Pastor, I'm a little older now. That's really, that's for the younger folks. That's wrong. That's what I call stinking thinking. Yes, I said it. I don't normally. But that stinking thinking. See, you've never, never have been called to turn off the switch. You know what excites me about Jack when Jack comes to church? I know what he's going to be doing on Sunday afternoon. He's going to be going to the bridge ministry. He's going to be going under the bridge. During the pandemic, they were still going under the bridge. They were still ministering the gospel to homeless people underneath the bridge. Praise God. He still comes to the house of God to worship the Lord. And he's still going to go out and he's still going to minister to the people on the street. You know, I've been praying a lot. You know, I have a the job with Regal and, 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 and I have this thing where I like to have the opportunity. I drive. I drive all the time. I'm married to the truck and my wife. They got me a new truck to start driving back in October. And I've, it had 107 miles on it. And now it's got over 30,000. But the privilege I have is to be able to see people face to face and be able to tell them about the love of God. One young guy named Dennis has a cabinet shop. Been talking to him for some time, a couple years now. Him and his wife went back to church Easter Sunday for the first time in years. He told me, I didn't realize how much I was missing by staying away. I didn't realize how empty I was inside because I was staying away. A young man named Edwin used to be in the ministry for years. His wife had an affair. They got divorced. He left the ministry. Over the last year and a half, I've been talking to him. He's now back in his church, getting involved in ministry. I don't have those opportunities sitting in an office, looking outside the window, wondering what's going on in the world. You see, I want to be a part. I want to be an active part of what God wants me to do. I don't want to be locked up in a room trying to figure things out. God's going to show us what to do. He's going to show the message to give. But church, I'm telling you, if you're sitting at home thinking about what you can do for Jesus, get outside the home and ask God where to lead you. People will see Jesus in you when you're moving forward. These priests begin to see these men as public speakers and theologians with no education. You don't have to be a public speaker. You don't have to be a theologian. If you simply read the Word of God and trust and believe everything that Jesus has put on these pages for you, when it comes time to speak, He will give you the words to speak. He will give you the words to say. 
We only really need to realize that it's God doing the work and not us. You can't say, oh, pastor, I, this gets me so, pastor, I, I got so-and-so, I want so-and-so to the Lord. Did you? How about God led them? You know why I know that? Because the word of God says he will supply the hearers. He will supply the hearers. That's what the word of God says. So he's going to bring people to you that you will lead to him. And he will start the work. Once you lead them to Christ, leave them alone. Give them the word. Give them a Bible. Give them some teaching. Direct them to a church. Facilitate. Get them to a place where they can grow. Don't win somebody to the Lord and then just say, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if anybody followed up with them. That's terrible. That's kind of like women having a baby and then just lay them in the crib and say, okay, grow, eat, get up, walk, be teethed, get potted by their self. Isn't that ludicrous? Doesn't that sound crazy for somebody to do this? And we do the same thing when we bring people to Christ and we don't follow up with them and we don't get them to a place where they can be taught and led. That's what we're doing, right? We can't do that. If, you can't, if there's no way for you to invest in helping them to learn or to give them something to learn with, don't bring them to Jesus. I know that sounds crazy. But where are you going? He who calls upon the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. But they need to grow. They need to grow. It's your responsibility, church. When you bring somebody to Christ, it's your responsibility to get them something to help them to grow with. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying don't lead them to the Lord. I've been back up, backtrack there a little bit. You do need to win them to the Lord, yes. Okay? But you need to give them something to grow with. Ella Bell, a lot of times she'll put in her offering. I shouldn't point her out, but I just did. Sorry. Apologize. But she puts in the offering money for Bibles. So we can buy Bibles. So we buy Bibles or at chances I get time to get some free Bibles from the Gideons or whatever. But we'll buy. And so if I win somebody to the Lord, I'm giving them a Bible. If you need a Bible to have to give out to someone you're going to lead to the Lord, ask. What the word say? Ask and thou shalt receive. You have not because you ask not. You see, church, we want people to grow. We want people to come to Christ. We want to win people to Christ. But we also want them to stay with Christ. They were not unlearned and ignorant about the scripture. There's this knowledge explosion. Sadly, our increased knowledge, but it has only deepened our dilemma. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, there's the internet. If it's on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> I, I love that commercial. If you go on the internet and you ask about Catholicism, you can learn about Catholicism. 
You can go on the internet and learn about Buddhism. You can learn about that. You can learn about the Quran. You can learn about many other facets of many other cultures out there. But I'm telling you, there's only one true word of the living God. There are religions, and then there's your experience with Jesus. You see, I tell people I'm not a religious man. I just worship the Lord God. You see, I, I want to have a spiritual growth with him on a daily basis. And my spiritual growth is not going to happen by itself. It's not going to happen because I've asked Jesus into my heart and that's it. That's just a one-time encounter. I'm not looking for an encounter. I'm looking for an experience, an everyday experience with Jesus. And how is that going to happen? It's going to happen through the Word of God. Knowing that Peter and John were untrained, the council were amazed because they had been with Jesus. You hear what I just said? They were amazed. Not because of who they were, but because who they were with. You see, it's not about everything that you know, but it's about who you know. Amen? It's, I know Jesus. So I have that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I can just get up in the morning knowing that I am serving the risen Lord. And that I am asking him, Lord, wherever you put my foot, take me. And when I go, I don't mind if people know that I know. I know there are people out there that don't like Jesus. I know there are people. I love to run into those people who say, I don't believe in Jesus. Oh, really? Those are the best people to run into. I don't believe in Jesus. Well, how can you not believe in something that you're confessing with your mouth is there? I don't believe in Jesus. Well, who's Jesus? Who's this Jesus you don't believe in? You ever ask them a question like that? They stumble all over themselves. You see, to say you don't believe in something, you have to recognize something exists. That's just a fact. And I love people like that. You know, people that say, well, I'm, I'm agnostic. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't believe in Jesus. Oh, really? <laughs> you, you hang them every time. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Because then I can begin to share the books of the Bible. I can, be, I can begin to share with them. Well, what do you believe in? Where do you get that teaching from? Who taught it? Did they die for you? Did they give their life for you? Well, see, my Jesus gave his life for me. For all those ugly, nasty, low-down, downtrodden sins that I committed. He gave his life for me. Did that, whatever you believe in, did that, did that happen for you? Well, no, I don't believe that. Well, what, well, what do you believe? People who don't believe have a hard time telling you what they don't believe. 
because it doesn't make sense. You see, church, our service to the Savior is what makes us valuable people. It's not about just coming to church on Sunday morning and getting a good feel-good message or getting a message from the Holy Spirit and then just leaving it right there. Oh, pastor was good this morning. I love questioning some of you. So what would you like about the message? I get one guy in this church, he says, all of it. Well, what part of all of it did you really like? You know, Jesus part. Well, what Jesus part did you like? Well, all of it. Do you know there is a famous man in this country that said this? Better to have a knowledge of the Bible than any other book. You know who said that? Abraham Lincoln. Better to have knowledge of the Bible than any other book. You see, their knowledge of the Bible equipped them to serve. When I begin to read the scriptures and I begin to understand what Jesus is telling me, see, it's equipping me to serve him more effectively. To do what he's called us. How many are called to serve the Lord? How many are? Oh, my goodness. I'm in the wrong church. Every hand in this place should be up. Because you see, church, when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, you became a servant of the Most High God. So all of us should be saying, I'm called to serve. I'm called to serve. You're called to go into the highways and the byways or even on the ocean with a boat. And win them to Christ. We all have a calling. We all have a purpose. The greatest universities in America were founded to teach the Bible. But how much of that's going on today? Very few. Very few. There are less than, in our Bible colleges across America... There is less than 2% of all the graduates coming out of these colleges that are going into full-time ministry. Less than 2%. And they say we're having a shortage of pastors across America. I said, well, they haven't come to my church. I said, I got a whole church full of pastors. Because they know they're called to serve. They know they're called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're called to serve Jesus. And I know that all of you have a hunger, a thirst, a longing to teach the word of God. Amen? Amen. Uh-oh. Get yourself in a chew box, didn't you? Say, look, he got me. He got me to say amen. That means it's done. <laughs> Welcome to the ministry. Welcome to the ministry. I love it when the Holy Spirit just shows up like this. And he just begins. How many are excited this morning? Are you excited now? You should be excited because now you're a part of the ministry. Now you can go forward in Jesus. And you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a smile on your face. Amen. Even when people spit on you. Yep. 
you can still smile. I do. Guess what? When they get upset with you and they slap you on the cheek, give them the other one. Nobody likes to have one red cheek. I like to have two red cheeks. If I'm going to be red, I'm going to be red all the way across. Hallelujah. I'm a little worried this morning. These men were not unlearned and ignorant about salvation. You see, the importance of that word, salvation, to be saved. You see, our salvation is not just a happenstance, but this is another experience. You've been saved from your sins. Jesus is going to call us home because he's gone to prepare a place for us. That where he is, we may be also. But you know what? I just got thinking about that this week as I was pondering that scripture. Do you know Jesus is with you every single day? From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, he is there. And just say, so when you come to Jesus Christ and you ask him to be the Lord of your eternity just begun. And he's with you. People are trapped by their problems and perplexed. But you know what? We have a church full of people who can tell people, guess what? There's someone who can get rid of your problems. There's someone who can help carry you through your problems. How many of you have ever been through a fire or a trial? I have. Many. But those fires and those trials make you stronger. They help encourage you and to give you the boldness to help others through their trials and troubles. Love. Love. What do I tell you to tell people every time? And I've said this a hundred times from this pulpit. What do you just need to tell people? Jesus loves you. The little motto on our pens that we give away, and I've given away hundreds, and it just simply says, Jesus loves you. You know what? When people are reminded that Jesus loves them, it just all of, all of a sudden it just begins to lift. It just begins to lift the heaviness from them. I can't tell you how many guys I've seen cry when I tell them, you know, Jesus loves you. And they're just stunned. They're shocked. They're not expecting a guy to say to them, Jesus loves them. They're looking for this white-haired granny to show up and say, Jesus loves you, young man. You know... He really does want to help you, and he wants to help you out. No. Don't be the little granny. Go up and say, Jesus loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. Man, people will fold up like tables. We got a few tables that fold up around here, you know. I'm telling you, people just want to know that they're loved. Do you love someone today?
Do you love someone? I'm asking, do, seriously, do you love someone today who doesn't know Jesus? I know some in my own family. But you know what? I don't hesitate to tell them that Jesus loves them. They may not be ready to accept that, but I tell them. That lady checking you out at the grocery store. You could be going through and she say, did you find everything you need? I sure did. His name is Jesus. Boy, I tell you, that lady in public, she gets, she, it, it catches her every time I do it. Next time you go to the grocery store and they say, did you find everything you need? Say, yes, I did. I found Jesus. Watch, watch, watch him stiffen right up. Why not? That's a simple introduction to Jesus. And guess what? He loved you just as much as he loves me. Wow. Short little gospel message to the lady checking you out at Publix or Aldi's or Walmart or Target or wherever it is you want to go shop. And get them every time. I, I refuse to use self-checkout. You know why? Because that machine doesn't know nothing about Jesus. But that lady checking me out can know. That man checking me out can know. That's why I don't use self-service. I know it's convenient. I know we sometimes like it, but I don't. I refuse to use it. I'm going to be one of those that's going to go out kicking and screaming when it comes to automotive or automotive or whatever you call it. Because I want to tell people about Jesus. Amen? Now, how many of you are going to go in the store now and say, I'm not using that little self-checkout. I'm going to go to the lady who's going to check me out or the man who's going to check me out so I can tell them about Jesus. How about your waiter when he comes to the table? Was everything okay? Oh, it surely was. Man, Jesus just filled me to overflowing. He loves you too. Now, if you do that, you better leave him a good tip. Don't be no cheap Christian. I'm telling you right now, don't be. If you're going to be cheap, don't share Jesus with him. Ah, another one of those Christians. Cheap people. If you're going out to eat today, leave a good tip. Don't be cheap. And if you have to sign the little slip, if you're using your bank on your sign, put it at the bottom of it where the tip is. Jesus loves you. Put your tip amount and then put Jesus loves you. They never look at your signature anyway. But the waiter or the waitress will. They'll be like, oh, how cool. Is this is your tip. Jesus loves you. You guys think I'm crazy, don't you? you know, a pastor must have a lot of fun during the week. He surely does. Why? Why does he have that kind of fun? Because he has an experience with Jesus every single day. And if you have that experience, you can have that joy. Amen? You go to your doctor's office, how are you feeling? Well, I have to come see you, but you know, I'm, Jesus is showing up. He's showing up, he got me here. See, people don't like talking about Jesus when they get to the doctor's office. But Jesus is there. 
You know how I know he's there? Because you're there. And he's where you are. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I pray this morning that each one of us today will take time to be with Jesus. Lord, let all of us take time to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we need that experience. We need that fresh experience every single day. Lord, we know that you have given us the scriptures so that we can have that in-depth relationship. But Lord, let us take the words of the living word. And Father, let us begin to share those things with the world that we live in. Lord, let us become the most valuable people in town. Because we have a relationship with you. We have an experience with you. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for helping us to have that experience. Helping us to have that relationship. But Lord, we live in a world that is full of chaos. Lord, help us to become the people of God you have called us to be. Help us to be men and women of the Most High God. Lead us, and Lord, we will follow. In Jesus' name, amen.